Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. This is 28, verse number 16. The word of the Lord says, And Jacob awakened out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place? This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Skipping to verse 20, it says, And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If, everybody say if, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Everybody say then. Then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be be God's house, and of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. All right, let's go to chapter, uh, verse number 32. And we'll be reading from 24 through 30. Word of God says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint and as, as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore? is that that thou dost ask after my name. And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the, of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And I have one more. I usually don't do this, but I feel like I need to read one more passage in Luke chapter 5 and verse number 17. Luke chapter 5 and verse number 17 through 20 it says and it came to pass on a certain day that he was teaching and there was a fair they were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was present to heal them and behold men brought in a, a bed a man which was taken with palsy and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him and when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down, uh, let him down through the tiling with his, his couch into the midst there, uh, in the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said to them, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And I want to preach for just a little bit on removing the ceiling of your expectation. Amen. Removing the ceiling of your expectation. If you could put your Bibles down, let's lift our hands to the Lord right now. Amen. Let's pray for the blessings of the Lord to rest upon us. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your spirit that's in the house right now, God. Lord, I pray for your glory to minister your word, God. Let your spirit deliver this word. God, I pray, Lord, that you will do a work in the Holy Ghost. God, help us, I pray, Lord, to be sensitive to what you have for this church, God. Lord, this is a very pivotal time in their, in their existence, God. And I, I pray, Lord, that somehow, some way, that you will speak into the lives, into the hearts 
of this flock, God, I pray. Minister to them, Lord. Let your glory be accomplished in everything we say and do in the name of the Lord. Can we just worship the Lord just for a little bit? Come on, let's just praise him together right now. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord right now, Father, let your glory be accomplished here today, God. Help us, I pray, Lord. Speak into our hearts. God, speak into our lives right now, God. Let your word be plain, Lord. Let it be truth, I pray, God. Help us, I pray, to receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. There is uh, no greater experience like the genuine presence of the Lord when the, the heavens seem to open and the Holy Ghost comes down and it's felt in such an assuring way that you know uh, it is the presence of the Lord. And I believe that God uh, desires for every individual uh, to be able to trouble the waters on their own. I think that there are times that, you know, we can come into a Pentecostal service and and unfortunately, there are times that we are waiting for the dancers to dance. And I was so blessed uh, by the worship today and the people just to kind of get things cranked up. But uh, I don't believe that I'm in that kind of church today. I don't think that we have to wait on somebody to start shouting and start leading the, the worship and the wait for the praise team to start uh, getting things cranked up. And while that's such a blessing, I, I believe that your church is beyond being motivated by just simply by what you're looking at. Amen? Or just by what you're feeling. Amen? I think that sometimes we just need to be motivated by truth. And the truth is, God is great, and God is greatly to be praised. Whether you feel the goosebump or not, God is worthy of all of our honor, all of our praise. Praise God. But by our own desire and our own determination, you can find what it is that causes the Spirit of the Lord to respond to your faith that you have today. For it is the unhindered faith and uninhibited worship that attracts God to demonstrate his power and his might amongst us. In fact, I declare that whatever you might have need here today, I believe with all my heart that if you can believe it in faith, that the gift of faith can begin to work in this place, I believe that God will grant whatever you have need of today in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, clap your hands to the Lord, if you truly believe that. But God desires to have a one-on-one -on -one encounter with those who come to this, this church today, from, uh, to Landmark this Sunday. For the greatest moves of God, I believe, are those that whenever we forsake all comfort and all of our, our own ideas, whenever we're willing to allow uh, there to be a personal, personal manifestation of the Spirit of God in our midst, because God desires that one-on-one -on -one encounter with each and every one of us. Amen? But I want to show from Scripture that it is one thing to feel the effects of the presence of God. Amen. You can just walk in here and you can feel the presence of God. I could venture to say that you could be driving down the road and there's an aura around this church many times that this community is blessed simply by what's going on inside of here. You might say, well, that sounds a little fantastic. It's apostolic. I believe the very shadow of the apostles, uh, amen, would touch hearts and lives uh, because they were so anointed of God. There was such a power upon them that, that all they had to do was just dwell among them. So, so being 
feeling the presence of God to me is not that impressive because I can walk in here. I could be as carnal as the day is long. Amen. But whenever you start feeling the presence of the Lord, it's going to impact your life. Amen? So just because you feel the moving of the Holy Ghost or you feel the overflow of someone else's worship doesn't mean that you've reached the apex of what God has for you. I believe that what God is desiring us for us to have a face-to-face encounter with God. Amen. Not just an afterflow, not an afterglow of the Spirit of God, but God is wanting us to have a face-to-face encounter with Him. If you believe that, clap your hands to the Lord. Amen. I feel as though there is a disconnect of the two. This is why that I think sometimes people struggle to find a permanent place in the Lord. Sometimes they find that in their relationship, it it is according to what goes well in their life. But, But according to, I believe, what Jacob had in the latter experience, that it had nothing to do with whether or not he had things going his way. Praise God. There's something about a permanent place that I know no matter what, I've got faith in God. It doesn't matter if it's raining good things or bad things. I do know one thing. My God is great. Amen. He is good. He's to be worshiped. He is to be adored in my life. I'm going to have faith in him no matter what is going on all around me. Hallelujah. Now, since the veil of the temple was was uh, rent, the Bible says it was removed about 2,000 years ago, anyone can enter into the Holy of Holies. And we can now have that face-to-face encounter with the Lord where the blessings of God can flow and there are no hindrances. I think that sometimes we forget that we can boldly go to places that no man were able to go for thousands of years. And we can't take that for granted. We can't just take the presence of the Lord when we come into the landmark that God is going to be here. Do not take that for granted. Understand that God's presence is something uh, that we can seek after, that we can enjoy and savor for the moment. But I want you to know whenever you go and you walk from the outer court, there's a time now that we can go from the outer court and we can go into the the uh, the, the holy place and we can go where the, the brazen altar is and the brazen laver and, and we can begin to walk around and see uh, the blessings of the Lord and look at the, the Old Testament and all the, the wonderful things that brought Christ to us, but now we don't have to stop there. We can go into that holy place. We can go from the holy place, and we can go into the holy of holies. There is a there's a step forward that I believe that God is leading the church of the living God in the hour that we're living in. Things are in disarray today. Things are crazy right now. If we are ever going to need the anointing of God, it is for today. Amen. If we are ever to be moving into a greater anointing, it is today. This is the moment. This is the time that I believe that God is trying to usher in his anointing like we've never experienced before. Talk about a blessed dispensation. You talk about being a blessed to be in the dispensation of grace. Thank God that we are in the dispensation of grace. 
Thank God that you didn't have to get your bulls and goats and, and put them on the back of the, the, the car in the trunk somewhere and they're just kind of uh, bleeding out or they're uh, maybe uh, still alive and you come to the house of God and you've got the, the big knife that you offer a sacrifice unto the Lord. I, I'm glad that I'm not in that day anymore. I'm thankful that I don't have to do that, all that messy stuff and, and offer sacrifice and a lot of blood spilling everywhere. But we've got a place that we can go in God. But that doesn't mean that we get lazy on the Lord because we're in the dispensation of grace. It means that more than ever, uh, we've got to pursue uh, the plan of God in our lives. It means that, God, I want to be used uh, like I've never been used before. It means that whenever I get in that move, new building, God, I want to be a soul winner. I want to turn my world. Uh, I want to turn this city upside down for the Lord. Anybody want that right now? Anybody have that desire uh, for other people to be saved uh, other than what's here right now? I know you don't have a lot of room, uh, but God wants to give you an influx uh, of people that are hungry uh, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we've got to believe it. We've got to see it for what it is. Amen. But I even still, I believe Scripture reveals that there are levels of intimacy and power that we can attain in the Lord simply by positioning ourselves in a place of faith where we, where, where we feel like God can work in us. The, the maturity level, I think that, and this is what I'm trying to uh, explain here, that we reached whenever we first came to the Lord ought to be different today than it was back then. Amen? And only you can really do something about that. It can't be the church, can't be your pastor. It's got to be your level. It's got to be you saying, Lord, I just want to grow in you. Maybe it doesn't look like I'm growing a lot, God, but I'm growing deeper in my faith in you. And so whenever we start understanding what's going and what's happening around our, our inside of our own hearts, uh, amen, there should be a deeper level that we have in the Lord than whenever we first came to him. But sad to say, some people get bogged down with life and they decide to change their focus to the cares of this life. They lose the, the craving for the things of God because of all the distractions that are everywhere out there right now. And boy, is there a lot of distractions today. If life's distractions have impacted your walk with the Lord, God wants to awaken something in your spirit right now. Amen. God wants to say, you know what? You can move out of those distractions. You can shake off those those, uh, those uh, uh, little sins or those, those little weights uh, that does so easily beset you. It may not even be a sin what you're involved with, uh, but there are so many distractions out there that's trying to, to take our time uh, that we've got to understand that, Lord, uh, you've got to be first in my life no matter what. If I want to have revival in my life, God, I've got to understand that I've got to get rid of and shed some of the distractions uh, that are out here in the world today. Anybody know what I'm talking about with that? I've witnessed this year personal revivals in the hearts uh, of individuals who have completely transformed their position in God. Uh, some of these are new saints, and some of them uh, are, are saints that would be very unexpected when it comes to having a personal revival. Amen. Something has happened inside of them. Uh, something has taken place in their lives uh, to where they decide there's no way that I'm going to be what I used to be. They decide to lay down uh, some things. Uh, they decide to get rid of some of the cravings that, that those 
those things are creating inside of their spirit uh, to where they could have a God-to-God, face-to-face uh, meeting with God. And so all this uh, has been renewed in them. And I've watched what God has done in these people. Uh, what's it boiling down to? I'll tell you what it is. Uh, it's people saying, you know what? Uh, I'm tired of the distractions. Uh, I'm tired of this life. I had one young man that you would never expect to have this kind of revival. I said, man, how did this start in your life? Because uh, it's a revival like I've never seen in all the years that I pastored. Uh, I have never seen a transformation take place uh, like this unexpected transformation took place. Uh, he said one day he came home uh, from work and he was talking to his wife. Uh, he said, something's got to change in our life. And this is a young man that's very successful. And everything that he does, uh, he's very successful. But he said, something uh, has to change around here. And this young man, whenever he puts his mind to it, the young man will do it. And I've been waiting for decades to just wait on something to happen in his life uh, to where he could change in the spiritual realm uh, and not just in the, the everyday, not necessarily carnal. That's got a negative connotation, but in the everyday world. Uh, but he said, I've got to get rid of some distractions in my life. Uh, I said, what started that? He said, I'll tell you what started it. He said, whenever you call for a media fast, uh, he said, I put all the media aside. Uh, he said, all those distractions, the things that were just sucking me dry uh, as far as my attention and stimulation. And, uh, and everything that would just kind of draw me in. Uh, he said, no more, I'm going to cut it off. Uh, he was like an addict, he said. Uh, uh, he was so used to just the distractions that are out there. And all of a sudden, uh, he got serious about the things of God. Uh, and I'll tell you, church, uh, it's starting to change me. Uh, it's starting to change others. Uh, it can change this church. Uh, if we can lay aside uh, the weights that does so easily beset us and say, God, but I have your presence. Uh, God says that's not good enough. I've got something better for you. Amen. They decided to lay aside some things, and that craving gets changed, amen, with some folks in our church. And I want to show you through the Word of God how finding a secret place in God is where His presence overshadows everything else. Amen. Let's look at it first. Jacob found out what it was like to move from being around the presence of God versus of being in a personal relationship with God, an intimate experience with God, and seeing him face to face. Jacob had two distinct experiences we find in our reading. One is where God showed up in Jacob's dream, and the other is whenever Jacob went after God's presence and refused to let him go. Jacob said at the first encounter, he said, Surely the Lord is in this house. He said, Surely this is the house of God. And so there are many who have come to the house of God today where there's where the presence of God abides. But but there's an even greater experience than just simply feeling uh, God's presence on a Sunday. Amen. Just because you walk through the doors and feel the overflow of God's Spirit uh, doesn't guarantee that you're receiving uh, everything that God has for you. Uh, it doesn't mean that you're you're consuming anything, everything that you you desire. It's not. The, in other words, it's not even. Maybe it is what you're desiring, but it's not everything that God desires for you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I've been raised in the church. I've I've done the ebbs and flows of life. I understand what it is to be on fire for God, and I also understand what it is to kind of cool down a little bit in the Lord. 
I get all that. I, I understand on how, you know, I could just go through the motions. And I never backslid, never turned my back on the Lord, but I grew cold. And I know what it's like just to kind of get a, a mundane about the things of God. And that's exactly, uh, I believe, where Jacob found himself to be. He proved this in his first prayer, his first uh, encounter with God. Not a very deep experience by his own words. Allow me to read this once again. And I want you to listen to see what's wrong with this statement in verse number 20. It says, and Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me and will be and will keep me in it this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And he goes on to say, and of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give a tenth unto thee. And I, in my little sarcastic way, I started reading this scripture, and I thought, well, I can, I can describe this a little bit better than what uh, King James Version described it. He said, in other words, uh, if you give me food, clothes, and a family, not only will I allow you to be my God, but I will even give 10% of everything that you've given to me. Talk about smug. Amen. You talk about someone that says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, God. You bless me with food and raiment and a decent family, then I'm going to let you be my God. And then not only that, I'm going to give you 10% of everything you own anyway. Right? I started thinking about this. This relationship should not be the level that we stay at in our walk with God. All of a sudden, you start looking at this, and, I, and you start seeing that, that, yes, there are times that we bring things to the Lord that he's like, man, uh, I think you can do better than that. But I'm so thankful that God gave Jacob another chance. I'm so thankful that he just didn't say, hey, Jacob, uh, uh, you know, that, that's your decision. So I'm just, I think I can do better than you. I think I can find someone that's a little bit more passionate, a little bit more giving, someone that's more sold out. But no, that's not the way God works. God said, I want to use you in a greater way. So I'm going to let you kind of, you know, wallow in this low-level living, but I want you to know there's a better way. I've got something better for you. I believe there's a greater anointing that I want to give to you, but you've got to understand this. You've got to keep on growing. You've got to say, Lord, where I'm at right now, thank you for where you brought me, God, but I'm not done yet. I have not reached the apex of my walk with you. I haven't reached that place, God, where I'm just kind of going to float along and kind of go through the motions. You are at a time in your church to where everybody's got to put their best foot forward and say, God, whatever you would have me to do, I'm going to do with all my heart. Hallelujah. I was praying about this message. I believe what God is wanting to tell you right now, you've got to motivate yourself to say, you know, God, I'm not satisfied where I'm at right now. I'm not satisfied. And this is a great church. Don't get me wrong. But I know people. God wants to take us into a greater anointing and a greater power than we've ever known in him before. <laughs> Praise God. I looked at the house of God, what it means here. It means God providing a way for man and God to have fellowship. So basically, it's more than just attending the church house. Amen? Let me read it again. God's, the, the house of God means this, God providing a way for man and God to have fellowship. Amen? It, it means that, God, I want, I want what you have. I want your spirit to move upon me. 
It's not just I'm coming into your house and I'm kind of the guest and I, I just walk in and I'm just kind of being a part of the of the great feeling that's in this house. But Lord, I want it to be deeper than that. I, I want to come to a place where we have perfect fellowship. I, I want to understand, God, whenever you tell me to do something and you, you're going to use me because I know, God, that I'm your hands and I'm your feet and I'm your voice. Uh, I'm, I'm the one that kind of, uh, I'm the one that's going to be used by you, God. I want to be sensitive enough to where when you tell me to do something or you want me to pray for somebody that all of a sudden there's a, an anointing that moves, uh, amen, from heaven above through me to them. It means, God, whenever somebody comes in and they're they're despondent and they're going through a trial of their life, I, I pray to God uh, that I'm able to be an encouragement to them and I can just kind of prop them up a little bit and say everything uh, is going to be all right. Uh, in fact, it could be like this. Uh, the Lord told me to tell you this. Woo, hallelujah. They need more than just the presence of the Holy Ghost. Uh, they need a word from God. Uh, they need a word from the saints uh, of the living God. Woo, hallelujah. God is looking for more than just a good fix uh, that will motivate, motivate us to go uh, to make it through another week. Uh, I believe this church and the church that I pastor, they do, we do uh, an excellent job meeting the needs of the people and being there as an encouragement to them. Uh, but at some point in our church, uh, amen, it became too much of a motivational center uh, trying to get people to make it through another week. Uh, if we can just get them through another week and, and uh, if they show up on Wednesday and that that halfway through the week and we can be an encouragement to them and we can rah-rah them and pat them on the back and make them feel good and get them on Sunday to come once again. Uh, hallelujah. Then you know what? Uh, then we can keep them coming to the house of God. Uh, but I tell you this, uh, there's a better way than that. Woo. I said, there is a better way than that. Uh, hallelujah. God is looking for a more of a deeper relationship than if you be my provider, uh, then I will spend time in your presence. All right? You do an excellent job. I know your pastor and your first lady. I don't know y'all uh, very well, but I know a few of you, and you seem like you've taken on the passion and the love and the concern for people through your pastor and first lady. Thank God for that. You can't go wrong with that. You can build the church on that. You really can. Amen. I'll tell you this. When you move into a larger building, it's going to have to be a little bit more than than just the same group being transplanted into another building. Amen? It means that, you know, sometimes our growth is, uh, you know, sometimes it's the up and flow, and I, mean, I know this. If you can maintain your, your, your attendance in a year, that could be one of the most successful years you've ever had because of the stuff that you have to fight. But see, there's no time to just kind of hang on and just kind of, you know, make it through another year and say, this is what we had at the beginning and this is what we have at the end. I'm not worried about numbers, but I'm worried about growth in people. I'm worried about people that have faith in their God. It means that, Lord, uh, you're trying to lead me into a greater place. Praise God. Let's move on. God's, God gave Jacob another chance, and he taught him what it means to pursue his presence. Instead of God coming to where Jacob is, he became aggressive in seeking the face of God. Not just his hands that brought blessings. Amen? He wasn't just after the, the blessings of God. And Lord, just let me see your hands. As long as I can see your hands and they, they just pour out blessings and you can, you can change loaves and fish and multiply all that, then, then Lord, I, I think that, 
you know, that, that'd be pretty cool in my life. And it would be a great witness to other people. I can tell other people about the prosperity in my life. But, but that's not the, the desire of Jacob here. Jacob says, I want to get to the very mind of God. He said, I want to see him face to face. I want to see him mind to mind. I want to know what he feels about people. I want to know what he feels about souls being born again. Not, not just what's in his hands, and he's just flinging out money like down the road, just blessings, blessings here, blessings there. But I believe that God wants to transform people's lives. He doesn't need, people don't need a bunch of gifts. They need a transformation in the spirit. Amen. I hope I'm not being too much right now. And I know you believe all this, uh, but I believe with all my heart that God is bringing uh, our church and God can bring this church, and maybe you're already here, uh, to a level to where you say, God, uh, I want to walk uh, in the spirit. Uh, I want the mind of God. Uh, I want your mind of Christ be inside of me. Yeah. Praise God. Amen. It came time for the church that I pastor to have faith, to expect more than a good service more than a positive feeling of just having a life-changing encounter with God. Now, this isn't our church in general, but there's little spots of it. So I'm not trying to talk like our church is this and that. That's not my point here. But, but the, 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 the dealings that God has had with more than just a couple people, where people were just tired of hearing what God is going to do. God is moving. I know that in this church. I get all that. But I'm talking about apostolic. I'm talking about hundreds of people. I'm talking about multitudes uh, where revivals begin to happen. I'll be honest with you. I told our church uh, we have never had a year to where we've had like uh, a 50-soul revival. I've been there for 25 years, and we've had steady growth, and we've done most of the time. It's, you know, been in a, a good direction, but, but we have not been there. We, we weren't at a place to where we were seeing new converts uh, start coming in uh, by the droves. We weren't in a place to where, where it was just like an apostolic outpouring of the Holy Ghost. That is the will of God for us today. Can I get an amen right now? Isn't that your desire as an apostolic church? Uh, we don't want just to go through the motions. Amen. We don't want to baptize one or two here and there, uh, but we want an influx uh, of souls uh, to be born again uh, of the water and of the Spirit. Praise God. I was preaching a, a, a few months ago, and I, I was a little bit bothered, to be honest with you. I wasn't talking, I wasn't preaching this, but I, I just talked a little bit how God wants this church to grow because they just built a new building. It's just phenomenal building. I know the pastor, great man of God, but I was talking about how God is wanting to bless the church. And I, I had never run into this. I, I just thought everybody wanted a revival. I thought everybody wanted new people to come into the church. I'm 55 years old, and I've always thought that. Until I was talking to a, a lady after church, and we had a, a decent move of God, but she said, I'll be honest with you. She said, I don't know if I want our church to grow like that. Like there. <laughs> and I know what she was saying. They went through church splits and they went through a lot of problems, but but they had they were almost like battle weary. Like they were in the battle so much that they looked at people as problems. <sighs> Instead of opportunities for the Spirit of the Lord to change their life. And I'm thinking, such were you when you came to the Lord. 
I know your testimony. I've talked to your pastor a little bit. You're a, you're a great person of God, but, but I'm thinking, how can you cut off uh, the blessings of God? How can you say that you're comfortable with where you're at when there are people that are dying and going to a devil's hell? Amen. Maybe this isn't the message you were expecting to, to be preached, but I'm here to tell you, church, uh, time is winding up, uh, and we got to get busy uh, about the Father's business. Uh, and whatever we can do right now, we've got to do with everything within us. Yeah. This is not part of my message, but I feel in the Holy Ghost. Uh, you might be saying, well, I don't know how to teach a Bible study. Uh, I don't know how to do a home Bible study. Uh, I don't feel confident in myself, or I just don't really care uh, uh, for people in the way that they are in their lives, and I, I'm just not good with that. But I'll, I'll tell you this. The Lord can transform that thinking. Uh, he can equip you by the Holy Ghost. Uh, you can get a focus uh, like you've never had before that, God, I may not be the best Bible study teacher, Lord, uh, but I'm going to give it a try uh, because you've transformed my life. Uh, look at my family that's here today. Look what you've done for them. And there are families in Sparta right now that God is wanting to fill with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Jacob wrestled with the angel until the breaking of the day. He refused to leave until he received what he needed from God. Yesterday's anointing was good for then, but there comes a time where you need that new and fresh anointing right now. Amen. But God has a specific encounter that he's wanting us to have with him today. Amen. That will equip us and help us fulfill the God-giving call. The God-giving call and purpose that he has for us. But there's a secret place experience where anything can happen. And I believe that the reason Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord all night is because he was looking through the gate of praise and he said, this isn't good enough. I believe whenever he saw the ladders going, the ladder going from heaven to, to earth, I believe that he was looking at it and he's thinking, man, surely this is the house of God. But, but he said, this isn't good enough. I, I don't feel like I'm being uh, impacted. I don't feel like I've got that, that connection with the Lord like I'd, ha I'd like to have. And so he understood that there's something better of just standing on the outside. So Jacob put aside comfort, uh, the Bible says, and convenience, and he went directly into the presence of the Lord. And verse 30 says it like this, and Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. And he said, I have seen God face to face, and my life uh, is preserved. Uh, he said, after the angel touched him, in the, the, the hollow of his thigh, all of a sudden he said, I, I don't feel like I used to feel. I, it's almost like it's a, it, it's almost like a hurtful feel. I, in fact, I've heard, I've heard ministers say this in the past. Uh, he said that, I, I've heard it said that, that God has to hurt those that he uses. Amen. And I, I thought, man, that's so negative and so unappealing. I thought, I don't want that. I don't desire to be in pain. But the Bible says that after, after he had that encounter with God, and we know this, we've heard it preached before, that he, he was never able to walk like he used to walk. Amen. I don't think there's anything real attractive by a, a man that walks like this. I, I don't think it's real impressive if you're wanting to go in battle that you've got a, a man that's uh, uh, just saying, come on, follow me, and they're just limping around like this, or a softball team that says, hey, I'm the captain of the team, and I'm the, the best player on the team, so come on, guys, uh, let's go after it right now, right? Very unimpressive. But I'll tell you what God does sometimes is he takes us off of our high horse, 
Sometimes we think we're a little better than what we really are. Amen? Sometimes God has to bring us down to bring us up. Sometimes he has to hurt us uh, through trials and tribulations. And I, I pray to God whenever you come out of your trial that you're great gaining something from that trial. It may not be a good feeling. It may not be something that makes you want to jump up and celebrate. But God says, hey, uh, I want to take you to a point uh, where you're real before people, uh, to where there's no more facades. Uh, there's no more of what I think I ought to be. Perception is not reality. In the world it is, but not in the church, uh, not in God's eyes. Uh, I don't care what I look like to the world, uh, but God, I want you to see me uh, as I really am, God. Uh, I'm wounded. Uh, I'm hungry. Uh, I may not be the best God, uh, but I want to be everything uh, that you have called me to be today. Uh, anybody else feel that today? <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Amen, amen. Quickly, our text in Luke chapter 5 tells us what can happen when you pursue God with everything within you. Even though verse 17 says the Lord was present to heal the people, among the needs it says that there's no one that was really taken care of. It says there, there's no miracles that are recorded with Jesus being in the house. If Jesus was there to heal, why weren't there any recordings of healings taking place? But it wasn't until a group of men pressed their way into the presence of the Lord that his power was loose to work. Uh, four men carrying a lame man decided this was their day. And even though there was no angel to have a wrestling match with, uh, he said, if need be, we're going to tear the roof uh, off this place to get to Jesus. Uh, and that's exactly what it took, uh, and that's exactly what they did. The only way they could get to Jesus uh, was to get desperate. And they said, Lord, whatever it takes, we might be arrested. We might be looked down upon. There might people be people that say, you know what? Call the police right now. We got to get rid of these, these folks. Uh, these are maniacs. These are, these are crazy people. But they said, no, no, uh, we've got to get to the presence of the Lord. And if I've got to take a roof off this place, if I've got to raise expectations, if I've got to say, you know what, you might call me naive, and you might call me a flash in the pan, and you might say all this and that about me, I'll tell you this, when God gives you a word, you hang on to that word. Whatever it takes, you've got to be able to say, God, I am yours, and I want to be used for the kingdom of God. Praise God. Amen. While studying this, I thought that the thought came to my mind because they were determined that the doctors and the Pharisees would not set a standard for them to where they could not get to their miracle. And I started thinking about this a little bit, and I thought, you know, there's two groups in the world today that, that are pretty professional at telling us what our limitations are, and that's the doctors and religious leaders. They're always, put, they're always putting limits on God's ability start looking at doctors, and they say that you have a condition that only surgery will solve, or only a medication can take care of, or it, maybe nothing can take care of that. Maybe the, the limitation is so great that there's no hope that I can give to you. Now, I was thinking about the, the religious leaders of the Pharisees of today. You know, they're really good at setting limitations on us. They say, oh, you know, that, 
that Holy Ghost and that outpouring. He, he said, you know, it was one thing for that to take place in the book of Acts, and that would be a, a wonderful thing that they had back then, but, but not today. God doesn't do those type of, of miracles today. There's, there's no more signs and wonders and, and healings that take place like they, they did 2,000 years ago. And so they're professionals at setting limitations on us. They, they, it seems like everyone is concerned about clearly communicating what our limits are and what our boundaries are. I think it's a time that we are tearing the roof off of their expectations. I think it's time that we could look to the doctor and say, you know, doctor, I don't really know. Uh, exactly what's wrong with me and I don't know how to solve this problem uh, but I do know a God that's able hallelujah he's exceeding uh, he's abundant uh, he is over the top on everything that he does uh, in other words do doctor uh, don't set limits for me uh, because I serve a God that's greater than those limits there are people that say it like this they say, you know what, and, I, and I've been there. I understand. I, I had a, a man that we had a, a, a woman that we were doing Bible study with, one of the greatest women that I've ever met, spiritual woman. But I, I finally got to meet her husband. And I thought, oh, dear God. I said, and believe me, I, I was thinking he didn't like me, and I just didn't really care for his, his ways either. And I thought, there is, I don't know how. I can't see it happening. I thought, I'd love to keep her coming, but boy, if he's, he's giving her a time at home, and he did. The man used to, I mean, he would cuss her out. He would yell. He'd do all the, the big words. I mean, he would just go crazy on her. I mean, he wasn't messing around at all. He hated her coming to our church, and he admitted later on that he didn't really like me either. Amen. But I'll tell you this. The Lord spanked me on that one. He said, hold on just a minute. Who do you think you are to put limits on me? I, I, I'm telling you, God probably saved the man just to teach me a lesson. I don't know if he loved him or not. But God was making a point, you know nothing. What you think in your little finite mind is absolutely zero compared to what I am able to do. The man became our greatest usher. Uh, he was my protector. He said, if anybody comes in our church, uh, I will take them out. Uh, he, he, he loved me. God gave me the, the favor of this man, uh, the uh, total extreme. Amen. But I'm telling you something. God can transform lives of people that you work with, and some of you right now, you're thinking, oh, not so-and-so. Not -so. There's no, I'll tell you what, God can do it. Come on, hey, you're not going to hear me be pharisaical and say, you know what, uh, uh, we got to do it this way and that way, and the Holy Ghost is only for back then. No, uh, it's for today. God wants to transform uh, the city of Sparta today. Uh, you might be saying, boy, that's some big talk right now. No, it's not. Uh, 3,000 people in the book of Acts. Uh, I'm not talking 3,000, but I'm talking about maybe a couple hundred. Amen? If God wanted to do thousands, that's fine. Uh, but a couple hundred people's nothing uh, with the hand of God. Come on, you've got to see yourself that way. That means that, Lord, uh, I'm not satisfied with your presence. Uh, God, i got to get a face-to-face -face, uh, encounter with you to where you can turn things upside down. Amen. 2 Chronicles chapter 2, verse number 6 says, But who is able to build a temple for him? since the heavens cannot contain him. Quit putting parameters around God. 
The scripture says it right there. No one. There's, there's nothing that contain God. It can't contain God. There's nothing that can keep God in a box. So we've got to be able to say, God, you can do anything. But we have to have a face-to-face encounter with him. So we're thinking, Jesus, what are you thinking? What are you thinking about? Not what I'm thinking about. Not with my own eyes. But, Lord, what are you seeing? What do you want from my life? Lord, how can I be a great soul winner for you? How is it, Lord, that I can be used in the, the gifts of the Spirit? How can, I, how can I just flow with the Spirit that whenever I'm walking into Walmart and I'm walking into the store, uh, that someone has a need and they're drawn into my presence? Uh, Lord, what am I going to do? How can I help someone find you? Amen. That's what I believe that Jacob found in the Lord. Now, what attracts a demonstration of the Holy Ghost? And I'm starting to wind down here. It's a demonstration of exceeded expectations. It means that these men were not satisfied knowing Jesus was in the house. They knew that they could have a face-to-face encounter with him. Amen. So let's cut to the chase. We need to tear the roof off of our preconceived ideas. We need to just tear the roof off of our limitations. If you're thinking, well, you know, this is just a normal Sunday, and, you know, we're just going through the motions here, then, then you're containing God. Not because I'm here. I'm, I'm nobody. I'll be gone here, and I may not come back forever. I don't know. Hopefully I come back sometime at the Lord Terry's in the next decade or so. But that doesn't matter to me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm nobody from nowhere. But this Bible is true. And it means that what he's trying to tell us is that we need to take the expectations that we have and say, God, here they are. What can you do? What are you able to accomplish, God? I'm not impressed by myself, Lord. That's why I'm coming to you right now, because I cannot do this thing on my own. Amen. This is already happening. I believe it throughout the world. People are growing weary of only hearing about what God can do. God is wanting to do the work right now. And I know God's already doing the work here at Landmark. Obviously, you got a packed out building. Your Wednesday nights are probably as much or more packed out. So I know you're doing the work. Don't get me wrong. Understand that I don't care if there was uh, two or three here or or 200 here. I'd preach the same thing. Amen? Uh, It doesn't matter where we're at right now with results. It matters. What am I doing today? Lord, the anointing that I need today, yesterday's anointing is not good enough. I need an anointing today, God. There's spirits out there, Lord, that I've I got I have to have that that new and fresh anointing. And as the enemy is just pulling up all these new spirits on these new ways, or really pulling them out of the bag from thousands of years ago and saying, I think I'm gonna use this one again against the society we're living in. That means that I need a new anointing. It means I need something fresh in the Lord. Amen. How about raising the ceiling of your marriage? for your kids. Raise the roof of expectation on receiving your healing or the miracle that you're desperate for. How about getting rid of, of the, the doubt and let there be a spirit of faith that comes upon you for your unsaved family, the people that you don't even really want to talk about the things of God because you know it's uncomfortable and you know it's awkward. And I'm not telling you to just force conversations, but I'm here to tell you that God can, God can change those conversations. God can change the the moments that you're with that backslidden family member 
that all of a sudden the doors start opening and you see that there's an avenue to where, where something's happening in the spirit. But you're not going to see that by just coming into the house of God and feeling them on Sundays uh, and not seeking his face on Tuesday. I mean, I'm talking about people that need the Lord because time is winding up. And I'm not trying to be dramatic. I understand. I, I, could, I could talk about hell. And I could talk about how God's getting ready to come back tomorrow morning. I could talk about those things, but that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to say that, that we need to raise the roof off of our expectations and say with God, anything can happen. Why is it that we can sit in the same service and one receives a blessing and another does not? One gets their healing and others don't get their healing. It's because some move from a feeling into an experience. Amen. This is why Nicodemus was changed and Pilate was not. Nicodemus, the Bible says, pursued Jesus at night while Pilate had Jesus brought into him. Two thieves on the cross were in the presence of Jesus, yet one of them made a decision to enter into the presence of Jesus. When Jesus passed through the, the country of the Gadarenes, the only man healed was a man who was full of at least 2,000 demons. The reason why he was delivered is found in Mark chapter 5 and verse number 6. It says, but when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him. He ran to where Jesus was. He sought the face of Jesus. Amen. Lord, I want more of you. How many want more of Jesus? Amen. How many are just, how many are just not satisfied but just feeling the, the goosebump? Amen. It, there came a point in our, in our church to where we were very good at the Kleenexes and we were very good at encouraging people and we were very good at keeping them coming, uh, but they still had their problems. Uh, they still dealt with the same old, same old issues day after day after day after day. Uh, we were able to prop them up in their spirit by getting them into the presence uh, of God. Uh, but I'm telling you, there's a difference when they come to the Lord uh, and say, God, I need a healing right now. I need a transformation in my life. Uh, I don't want this to take place anymore. God. I'm tired of dealing with us over and over again. Amen. As the praise team begins to come. If a man possessed with 2,000 demons could will himself to the feet of Jesus, how much more can those a hundred and some people here today with the Holy Ghost be able to come to the Lord and say, God, I just want something from you right now. If you've got something in your body that's just driving you crazy physically, I'm here to tell you we serve a healer that's able to touch your body right now. If you need the Holy Ghost here today, and you need a you just need a, a filling of the Holy Ghost or refilling of the Holy Ghost, God can fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost today. Can I get a witness from somebody right now? How many believe that God can fill somebody with the Holy Ghost right now? Woo, hallelujah. Amen. There's restoration. There's deliverance. Whatever you have need of, we serve a God who is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above what you can ask or even think of. And let me tell you something. I've got quite an imagination. I can, I can get the list out, and I can get very creative before God. I can say, God, this is what I need. This is what I want. This is what I desire. But the Word of God says he can go beyond 
my imagination and my desire. Hallelujah. Amen. I would like nothing better than to hear news from this church. As I talk to Brother Rice here and there every couple of weeks and hear about more people getting baptized and more people receiving their healings. Nothing better could be a part of my Monday morning than to hear how God has done the work. Not this man, not this first lady, but how God has done the work. You see, we've got to be hands off, but we have to look to Jesus. We have to say, no, nope, I'm not going to ponder that. I'm not going to focus on that. I'm not going to analyze the, the problem here, Lord. No, I'm, I'm done doing that. But, Lord, I'm going to put my faith and my confidence in you. Because, God, if I can just get into your presence, if I can move beyond the holy place, and I can move past the, the brazen altar and the brazen laver, and I can go past the candlestick, Lord, if I can make my way past the worship, Jesus. Lord, if I can make my way past the feelings and the, the, the wonderful experience of feeling the power of God in my life. Lord, but I can move beyond all that and I can get into the very presence of you. God, to where you can tell me specifically what you would have me to do for your kingdom's sake. I preached to our church a couple weeks ago, and I'm not going to re-preach it, but I, I did make a point, and I know I got some eyebrows. I know that there were some that just weren't ready to hear the statement that I made. If you think I'm a little bold here, I'm so much worse at home. But I said, you know what? We are nothing but pawns in the hand of God. I preach to people from every echelon of society, like this church here. It doesn't matter. There's no, Brother Cawthorpe used to say it, the bishop, senior, he used to say there's no big eyes and little U's. He said everybody's the same at the foot of the cross. And I said, you know, the bottom line, and I was praying to the Lord. The Lord told me what to tell the church, and I didn't want to tell them because I knew, I knew that's dramatic, and I'm not, I try to get, keep away from the, dramatics and the just being saying things that are far out there but I knew it was a word from the Lord and I, I said God what what should I how should I tell them that he said tell them if I ever heard from the Lord it was at that moment he said tell them they are pawns in my hand but he said well I'll make up the difference in eternity what are the rewards, God? He said, I'll take care of that in eternity. He said, I'll square up with them in eternity. He said, but right now, I want my church to be pawns in my hand to where when I need you to move here, you move there. When I need you to talk to this person, you talk to that person. No glory. There's no getting on the platform. There's no testifying sometimes about it. But I need you to be my pawn. In other words, I need you to be my hands and my feet. I need you to be my voice. I need you just to do what the Spirit tells you to do. Church, that's a face-to-face -face encounter with the Lord. 
when we are willing to be a pawn in the hand of God. When we're willing to say, God, this is not about me. This is no longer about stinking image anymore. It's no longer about perception. But God, it's about results. And see, if people come to you, when we get into that mindset, church, there is no telling what God can do with the church that says, you know what? It's no longer about us. It's all about you. And God, whether you make up for it or not, I'm in. I'm your pawn. I'm your, I'm your willing pawn, God. Whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do. You better believe I'm going to do it, God, because I know your face. I know your mind. I know your desire. And God says it like this. Sometimes the report or the, 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 the reward is not going to be in this life. And whenever you're witnessing and doing this and giving money away and helping people out and praying for them and being inconvenienced, when it comes out of your pocket and your time, and your calendar and your schedule. There's no reward in this life for that. And if you're looking for a trophy to do those type of things, then you're looking in the wrong place. You can find that in the work world, but you can't find that in the church of the living God. But all of a sudden, God, whatever you would have me to do, I'm going to do it. God says it like this. You may not get your reward down here, but I've got eternity that I'm going to bless you and you're going to be in my presence. What is a little short 70 years compared to eternity and being in the presence of the Lord? Amen. I can't help but to believe, and I would not preach this message unless I knew that this church was ready to hear this type of preaching, that you're mature enough that you've been around long enough to where the same old, same old isn't good enough anymore. Going through the motions, and I commend you, if you're just at that level right now, God did not condemn Jacob. He just gave him another chance to continue to grow. God didn't condemn them, and I'm not. I, there's no condemnation at all. Every one of you may be in the second relationship of Jacob and the, his experience with the Lord. But if there is someone that knows that you can do a little bit better, if there's someone that, that has something you're dealing with in your spirit, if there's something in your life, maybe, maybe there's a, a physical ailment, and you know that you've dealt with this for so long, and you're just weary of dealing with the same old, same old. As we stand together and as we make our way to the altar right now, why don't you come? And why don't you just get in the presence of the Lord and say, God, I want a face-to-face -face encounter with you, God. I'm tired of doing the same things over and over again, Lord. 2 Peter 1, 4 says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature of God. And if you have a desire to be a part of the divine nature of God today, I want you to come, and I want you to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Amen. I want you to die to yourself. Paul had to die every single day to the Lord. I wonder if we could die before him right now. And before you move into a fancy building, a remodel building, before you get to that place, you've already had an encounter with God. And you've already been changed in your heart.
It's not that you weren't good before, but you're even better today. You've got a desire to be used by God. Amen. Can we lift our hands together as the praise team begins to minister in song right now? Can we just begin to worship the Lord? Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.